1: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. ESPN 2, Sirius XM Channel 80, your smart speaker, say play ESPN. Boom, there we are. Download the podcast. Harry Douglas, the great Harry Douglas, in for J. Will today. Good morning, first of all, guys. How you doing this morning?
2: Morning, morning.
3: Maxer. Doing well, doing well, my man.
1: Glad to hear it. Um... So Brian Flores is suing the NFL and the New York Football Giants because and by the way, he and his attorneys are going to be on Get Up at nine thirty AM Eastern today. So two and a half hours from now, they'll be on ESPN's very own get up, with Mike Greenberg. Um, we're presented by Progressive Insurance, haven't mentioned that. So Brian Flores is suing because of hiring practices in the NFL because he got a, a, a text message from Bill Belichick congratulating him on the job several days before he interviewed for the job. So he was like, oh what? I got the job. I haven't even interviewed. And <laughs> Belichick's <was> like, whoops. <laughs> I meant the he must have he must have people under their first names oh, in his phone. God. I, I met Brian Dable. Sorry about that, Brian Flores. <laughs> right? So Brian Flores is like, oh hold up, timeout. So I'm just gonna be paraded in like a show pony. So you could check off a box. Oh, I fulfilled the Rooney rule, and, and, and it's all, you know, and then, and then slide. Guys, Brian Flores is suing the league. And let me just – I want to say something about this we haven't gotten to. And I'm going to use actually an example. Please let's not get sidetracked on it. You can object if you want. But there are players or people in our lives that we know or players that we've watched in leagues where you go, boy, they're looking for a cause, right? Like they want to be a part of something bigger than themselves, I'm not getting that sense about Brian Fl- – like, for example, Kyrie Irving is someone to me who always looks like he wants to be a part of something bigger than basketball, bigger than himself, like he – to me it feels, like he seeks it, right? Brian Flores is not giving me that sense here. Brian Flores gives me the sense of a hard-nosed Belichick disciple football coach who's had a lot of success under bad circumstances so far in the NFL – has a bright future ahead of him. He had this event occur to him and thought, I know I'm putting myself in a bad spot here. I got to do the right thing. I have to do the right thing. Here's his statement. God has gifted me with a special talent to coach the game of football, but the need for change is bigger than my personal growth. In making the decision to file the class action complaint today, I understand I may be risking coaching the game that I love and that has done so much for my family and me. My sincere hope is that by standing up against systemic racism in the NFL, others will join me to ensure that positive change is made for generations to come. Now, here's the NFL's response. The NFL and our clubs are deeply committed to ensuring equitable employment practices and continue to make progress in providing equitable opportunities throughout our organizations. Diversity is core to everything we do, and there are a few issues on which our clubs and our internal leadership spend more time. We will defend against these claims, which are without merit. Ooh, which are without merit. Uh, how much blame is on the shoulders of Roger Goodell? Key, I'll start with you.
2: You know, it's interesting because the first thing you go to, because he's a commissioner of the National Football League, is you look at Roger Goodell and you say, you got to do something, you got to do something. He will do something. He will speak to the owners. But the owners, is 32 of them, 32 families. They all make independent decisions about how to run their organizations. They're not taking it and listening to Roger Goodell. But here's what I would say, Harry. Until the media, which we are part of, I'm admitting to that now, and players, active and retired players, Push hard. And I'm it talking is. about superstar players, both black and white, much like they did to Roger Goodell in the video about, say, their names. When my nephew posed that and helped bring that to light and Roger Goodell sat down and did it, that's when you're going to see. When the owners start to feel the pressure of the players starting to push back on some of their practices, that's when the owners get real nervous. You 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 do understand that, Harry, I know very well. That's when it becomes a real problem when they realize that they have just ticked off the players to a whole nother level and anything could happen. The players can make a decision to start to really act out. That's when they get nervous because guess what it does? It starts to affect the bottom line. Mm-hmm. And, Key, I don't think you could have said it any better.
3: And, 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 and I'm going to piggyback off that a little bit, right? And when you say players, no, we're not just talking about black black uh, players. We're talking about black, white players as well. And honestly, the way the NFL is shifting, right, it's about the young quarterbacks now, right? I want to see Joe Burrow. I want to see Patrick Mahomes. I want to see Josh Allen. I want to see Trevor Lawrence because they, the, those quarterbacks I just named, Lamar Jackson, those quarterbacks are the face of the NFL. So if they start to give you that push, you have no choice but to answer what mm-hmm. they're demanding. Okay. But it's not just – Current players, it's formal players, people who are in front office positions that could yes. that can make this change. It goes across the board. It has to do, be done collectively because one thing we do know is pressure uh, burst pipes. Harry, right? And you apply pressure so you can get change. That's how you get change. And if you affect that bottom line, you affect that dollar being made, they're, they're going to make a decision, trust me. They have to.
1: Harry, you, you hit on something just then. That you know, like it reminds me of the Chris Rock line. Remember when he was talking about? I, I, he was talking about like you know, people would say, "Oh, black people have come a long way." Black people have come a long way. He's like, "No, no, white people have come a long way. Yeah. They were the like you know, when you look at inequality in the country, that's not like, it's not black people saying, "Hey, you know what? We want to sign up for inequality." That was uh, that was systemic, and it was and it was one group who has come a long way in terms of their understanding of right and wrong and and this very issue. When you say, Harry, it's not just black players, but it's white players also who are the face of the league and in powerful positions who need to make that demand, I completely agree. It is incumbent upon uh, those stars. Yeah. And it's not like, well, it's not their issue. Yes, it is their issue. No, yes, it, it, it is. is. It's it, an it's NFL not, issue.
2: It's just not the players either, though. It's the front office management as well. They've They've got a... Stop feeling the pressure of the owners that are. They put the pressure on the front office, the presidents of clubs. In the history of the National Football League, the hit. Now, think about it. There's a long history. There's been one African American president of a football team. And that's Jason Wright right now with the Washington. I don't even want to say what name they're going to come out with, but whatever their name is going to be when they (laughs) announce it. it. It's one guy. In the history of the National Football League,
1: and why Jason was that key? And why did to he get apply hired?
2: That pressure,
1: and why did he get hired? Like, let, let's face it, you know, Washington. I, I
2: think he got. I think he got hired because he was the right guy for the job. Sure, he's very well educated. He understands the nuances of corporate America. He was a qualified individual who happened to meet a certain standard that Washington needed which was being black and
1: minority at the time, that they were going through everything. But he was qualified. Yeah, but Key, that what you, all that stuff is true of many African-American American candidates for many jobs, right? But what we're talking about here is the fact that they're not getting them. So with the circumstance I'm looking at, so why was he hired? What was the catalyst that put it over the top when you could say what you said about his qualifications for a million other guys, right? Washington was up against it. There was a lot of stuff going on: lawsuits, a rotten culture, oh, they ju- they a, team, a racist it. team, name, etc., etc. That's what it took. <laughs> back to get was one the wall, dude.
3: and they had to make that move. They that's had what, to.
1: Yeah, that's what it took to get one dude hired who actually see, call shots.
2: And that goes back to speaking about applying pressure and affecting the bottom line. If you think about all the different sponsors that was pulling out of the Washington organization, they was like, uh uh-uh, "Uh, no, 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 no." In order to stop the bleeding. They sought out that, oh, we can help you now because it's affecting your bottom line. We're good enough to help you save your money. Uh Got it. Interesting. Interesting. And, and,
3: and Key, I'll I'll say this, and I want to have this conversation too, y'all. Why don't so many players and front office people stand up? I'll tell you why. It's because the fear of being blackballed, the fear of losing their jobs, and things of that, et cetera. But they have to get to a point now where it's like, the hell with all that. We gotta do what's right for now. So at the end, and the common goal is reach. When we get to, so we can get to a common goal in a certain point, hmm. they got to yeah. say forget that now. I think now is the time to start doing everything. You had Cabernet yeah. stand up, you had him sacrifice. You have Brian Flores, who can be a, a head coach for years and years down the line, sacrificing his entire career for the greater good of people after him. So mm-hmm. now is the time to do that.
1: And, to, and Brian Flores hits both those points that you both just made. One, he's making a sacrifice for right now. Harry, as you just said, and the other key is he's like. I'm not going to be your show. Po- I'm not going to be your 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 um, your quota, who just gets checked off on a list. I'm not going to let you use me that way. I'm not going to take a, he alleges a hundred grand to lose a game, and I'm not going to be your little quota with so so you can say you fulfilled a Rooney rule and then it's back to business as usual. In fact, coming up, guys, there's a lot going on. On the field of play, too. Off the field of play, both in the NFL and in college. What is it about the Harbaugh family and the color purple? We'll try to figure that out next. It's Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio and ESPN2. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you
0: ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L E C T R I C ebikes.com.
1: Keyshawn J Will and Max, the podcast.
4: He'll be sorry if he doesn't take one of these shops. Now which one is it going to be? I don't know. There are a million NFL openings and the fact that Harbaugh's name Keeps getting connected. You know whether it's the Bears, the Raiders, or someone else. I think he's got to go. This
0: guy is very unpredictable, so it's hard to figure out what's real. Anyone who doubts that his interest in returning to the NFL is is legitimate, I think those doubts have been put to bed. It's clear that he has uh, he feels he has some unfinished business there.
1: This is Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier Seventeen. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. And look who's back to run the show, the return of Paul Feinbaum. Come on, Paul,
2: bop your head a little bit, man. Let's go. (laughs) Come on, let's move around a little bit, Paul. Come on, on, Father Paul.
1: (laughs) (laughs) From the eponymous, Paul Feinbaum show is with us now. What's going on, Paul?
4: I'm just hanging out watching the news, and uh, watching this show today has been very enlightening, to say the least. Uh, I hope I can add just a morsel.
1: Um, oh, I'm sure you'll add more than that. It looks like Jim Harbaugh could be heading back to the NFL. Why would now be the best time to go to the pros, Paul?
4: Well, I think, Max, he's done all he can do uh, at, at Michigan. Uh, you know, he beat the odds. He silenced his critics. He got to the playoffs and then naturally got blown out by uh, a Southern team. And I think that would tell him that he's, he's reached his peak He's reached reached the ceiling, so this would be a good time to go. Now, what's really interesting to me is today, of all days, Jim Harbaugh is reportedly interviewing with the Vikings. For those who don't follow the South and, and college football, especially in this part of the country, this is the High Holy Day. This is National Signing Day Part two. The first one was in December. And the idea that Jim Harbaugh, on one of the biggest days of the year, where players are inking uh, scholarships with the University of Michigan, he's flying the coop up, up north, uh, is, is really unbelievable and inexplicable in the event that he doesn't get this job. And, and I, I ha- have a hard time imagining that he wouldn't leave uh, to go up there without being assured that he has it. But for, if, some re- for, if for some reason he doesn't get it, how does he walk back into that athletic department uh, tomorrow uh, make, after pretty much saying, I'm done with you guys?
3: Yeah, Paul, what kind of impact do you think Jim Harbaugh will have on the Vikings organization if he does get that job?
4: Well, Harry, even though I've been uh, critic number one of Harbaugh for most of his tenure at at Michigan, because I don't think he until this year he has met the expectations, I think he is a very good NFL coach. Uh, We've seen that in the past, and nobody needs me to read his resume. uh, But he did go to two uh, NFC championship games and a Super Bowl, uh, he he's a very good offensive coach. He has developed quarterbacks, and I, I think with the Vikings, they they need a little bit of a push. I mean, they've been a good a good program, a good franchise, but just simply can't get over the hump. And I think he would give them that. Uh, he he's he, his mindset is better for the NFL game. He's quirky. Uh, he's he's very difficult sometimes to deal with, from a a 17 year old to a 58-year-old standpoint, where in the NFL it's a much different game, as all of you guys know.
2: Paul, let's shift to college uh, real quick here. Now, I have to be very careful and calculated about this next topic because, you know, sometimes you know things that you shouldn't know and you don't want to spill the beans. But there's a certain quarterback in Caleb Williams, ex-quarterback of Oklahoma, who transferred to USC with his former coach at Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley, how important of a get was this for us to get Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams?
4: This was a seismic shift in college football. Uh, It was that important. Uh, Lincoln Riley going there was the beginning. Uh, It was necessary. USC needed a legitimate big-time coach, and they got the biggest guy that uh, they they could get their hands on. Caleb Williams is the biggest player uh, in, in, the, in the transfer portal. Had he, had he stayed at Oklahoma, he would have probably been second or third behind Bryce Young among the Heisman favorites. So wh- where in the world do you go out and get a transfer who's already a Heisman favorite? Don't tell me Georgia did that last year, but nobody really bought, bought into that uh, in the beginning. But th- this uh, Caleb is, is legitimate. Uh, he is transform- transformational. And I'm, I, I'm not saying that Southern Cal will win the national championship next year, Keyshawn, because they still have some, some uh, important places to fill. However, uh, what Lincoln has done, he's taken three key players from Oklahoma. He's recruiting up and down the coast. Uh, he is drawing players from all over the country. I, I think we are looking at the rise again of, of Southern Cal. I, I think Southern Cal will be in the college football playoff in a fairly short period of time. Uh, single-handedly is saving the Pac-12 conference from extinction. So uh, beyond that, I don't. I, I think I'm short on superlatives, but that's where I'll. I, that's where I'll end it on this uh, Groundhog Day.
2: Let me let me ask you this though, uh, Paul. Before we let you run, the fact that Lincoln Riley is doing what he's doing in the portal, he's grabbing guys out of the portal left and right and rebuilding the USC program. Will college coaches across the country? Want the NC two A to revisit the portal now because guys like Lincoln Riley can beat them not only in high school recruiting but as well as the portal.
4: Well, they may want that, uh, but they're not going to be able to. Uh, this, this is completely out of control. On one hand, uh, Keyshawn, but but it's really what college football asks for, and you and I both know the NCAA's power structure is, is at its weakest point in history so coach after coach continues to use the cliche but in this case it's true it is the wild wild west there are accusations going back and forth about what certain schools have done in buying not only a recruiting class uh but but by going into the portal and shopping like you're 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 a target on on a saturday afternoon that that's where we are right even nick saban finally said enough's enough last night saying this is ridiculous I think he was referring to what's going on at one of his SEC West rivals out in Texas, uh, because if you haven't read, Texas A&M is very likely to have the best recruiting class in the country. And even Lane Kiffin, your good friend, Key, uh, went after Texas A&M, and saying, oh, "Are they going to have to pay a luxury tax?" So, uh, but hey, that's what you know. College college football deserves what it's getting. Uh, they they want to be like the pros. Well, they have, they have they have surpassed the pros. At least the NFL has some. Some rules in in place, not many, but some. I want to get back to Harbaugh
1: really quick, uh, Paul, because you have been an outspoken critic, but you made very clear you're not saying he's a bad coach. It's just like there's so much you can do, and and he was at first not even living up to the standard. He finally did part of what he needed to do, so let's get moving, right? What's next from Michigan's point of view? Like what's next for Michigan? And and then if if you would, what is Harbaugh's legacy there if he does leave?
4: I think his his legacy will be better than he he probably deserves, uh, Max, because of getting to the playoff this year. But, you know, the the reason why I think there was so much criticism of Harbaugh was he came in uh, barking so loudly. Uh, You know, he... He had, uh, you know, he came down to, uh, to Alabama and, and did a camp. Uh, he he went to uh, Florida and did a camp, and then he went over to uh, to Normandy. Took his team to Normandy. Took them to the Vatican. Some of that was really cool, but it was all it was all it was all sizzle and no substance. This year, he finally got it right after after having his contract uh, cut in half last year and nearly fired. So uh, his legacy will be mixed, but getting to the playoff matters. As far as what Michigan does next, they're quirky up there. Uh, they like Michigan men, which I, I don't think they'll be able to get this time. They could elevate Josh Gaddis, the offensive co- coordinator who once worked for Nick Saban. Uh, more than likely, they'll look around. Uh, you know, could Luke Fickle consider it? Uh, you know, he, he couldn't take any of those jobs during the, play, during the playoffs. He's an Ohio State guy. Does he end up in Michigan? That's a weird fit. Bill O'Brien is is, is a possibility. He's looking at a, a number of NFL jobs, including the Patriots. Could Matt Rule say, you know what, I'm going to get fired next year with the Panthers. I've been a bust, and if somebody will offer me a job, I'll take it. Uh, he was a great college coach. He's been, a bu- he's been a disaster as an NFL coach. So those are a couple of possibilities. Could you see a wild card? like David Shaw, who four or five years ago was probably among the two or three best coaches in college football, and then Stanford slipped a little bit. Uh, I, th- I still think he's a great coach. So th- those are some possibilities, but, but Michigan has always hired strange people. They had Brady Hope. They went for Rich Rodriguez, and that's why Jim Harbaugh was looked, at, looked upon as the savior.
1: The great Paul Feinbaum, ladies and gentlemen. Always love it when you jump on with us, Paul. Talk soon. Thanks, Max. Appreciate there. it. There right. he is, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so, guys,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Key. Yes, your hire. It's not your hire. I'm not. I don't mean to sit to to uh, indicate that you're <laughs> influencing the hire anywhere. Where's my camera? I don't saying Key is influencing any hire. No, <laughs> I don't uh, know anything, Max. I know. I know. No, and I just mean SC, like the hiring of Lincoln Riley, and this can even tie in a way. To um, the Brian Flores lawsuit, right? Because the once you saw Shane, you knew Dayball was coming. And I'm not saying it's exactly the same, but Lincoln Riley goes somewhere and look what happens, right? Like, I mean, that's
2: uh, three or four guys from Oklahoma that were their top guys.
1: Yeah, and and now all of a sudden you look at SC and you go, oh, excuse me, the expectations at least externally, when you look at SC now, are different than they've been in a long time. And key, SC is one of those programs, just as a college football fan, the world is a better place when that program is strong. Things feel like the way they're supposed to feel.
2: Absolutely. I mean, look, and I think Lincoln Riley has the potential to get this program back to where we have been in the past. There's no question about it. We live in the past at USC because that's all we know. We only know greatness and he has the opportunity to do it. Now it needs to transfer it to the field. It's great to get Caleb Williams. He, you know, it's great to get the Heisman favorite at all. Those. It's great. I love it. But will it result into W's is all I care about. Key, yeah. It's about damn time. <laughs> say, man, don't, don't <laughs> look homeboy. <laughs> you, don't,
3: don't, don't, don't start.
2: No, I don't, mean, you I act mean, like I we've been down, Harry. It's we haven't been time. down. We've been down a few years, a few years, but y'all act like we've been down for like 30 years or something. What do you think this is, Notre Dame?
3: Hey, ooh, I'm going to quote the great Shots Inky fight. Johnson. The standard is the standard. Once the standard is set, it is not compromised for anything or anybody. King. Oh,
1: tell
2: them. Harry yeah, Douglas. we're in trouble. We got to get things turned around. So I got people,
1: <laughs> like, I got people <laughs> like Harry
2: Douglas coming at me yeah. about my High school. <laughs>
1: Keyshawn, J, Will, and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle auto, home, or motorcycle insurance. Visit Progressive.com. So, guys, we haven't even had a chance yet on this show to talk about Tom Brady. What's Mm. next for the GOAT? Tom Brady's just about done. It could be his next game he plays. It could be a year from now. But he is going to fall off a cliff. Mm. One eternity later.
2: If I was Tom Brady, because I'm a little bit pettier, I would go to Costa Rica and I would call Max Kellerman. Now I'm going to jump off my cliff. I'm going to jump (laughs) off it right now with a cannonball and I might be holding up these, but it wouldn't be Mm fist. Now I'm going to jump off the cliff.
1: (laughs) Ha ha, Yates! I'm trying not to lose my head. Don't push me some close to the edge. Listen, I prefaced that by saying at the time, Tom Brady's the goat. He's the greatest quarterback of all time, et cetera, et cetera. I wonder why people are so mad about that. Like, I'm just saying he was going to get old. He, and, and as it turns out, he never did. He, Man, he kept you, getting better. You're
2: like, a, you're like a little worm, Max. you just doing this now. You're, going, you're just doing all this. Trying to navigate, slither it. away, slither, slither out of it. <laughs> Why not?
1: Yo,
3: key, funny man. I don't think people know how funny you are, key. Uh, key, you a funny dude, man.
1: So what I do now? Yeah, key's like, what do you mean I'm funny? I'm here to amuse you. What am I like a clown? I'm here to amuse you. All right, uh, Jeff Darlington, guys, ESPN mm-hmm. NFL reporter, on Tom Brady and his plans for the future
0: now, I think he also has his eyes on other ventures off the field. This is a person who does not lose the competitive spirit just because he's retiring from football. Yes, his focus, of course, will be on his family, and that was priority number one when making this decision, but he also has other career ambitions, and I think that
4: soon we'll find out some of what those are.
1: Makes sense.
2: Yeah, all the the sense in the world. I think when you have played 22 years, and you've gone to seven I won seven titles and ten Super Bowls and countless playoff games and time away from your family and and you know sleepless nights and bad hotel rooms and things of that nature on the road. You you now are getting ready to face reality, and the reality is I'm not going to be in training camp in August anymore. I'm not going to be in training camp. Uh, In July, or I'm not going to be in preseason games when my family doesn't get a chance to really spend any time with me. So now I need to find out what the next chapter is going to be. I got things set up, but are those things going to be as satisfying for me as football was?
3: I'll tell you this. I think the most challenging thing for Tom Brady moving forward is going to be um, the home life, right? We've all been through it. Key, you've been through it. I've been through it. And now you're, you have a chance to be home a lot more uh, where the throne has been your wife's for so long. The kids, they have done what she says uh, to do, and they have a plan. They have, they, have, they have balance, right? Now you're coming home, and you may say one thing, and your wife may tell you, no, that's not the way we're doing things. That's not the way we have been doing things. you got to get accustomed to our schedule. That, those, that, that's, I think that's where the challenge, uh, challenge lies, for a lot of NFL players, and especially Tom Brady, because he has spent most of his adulthood, 22 years, within the game of football, right? So now you got to get accustomed to being home every day, uh, taking your kids to school, getting them ready for certain activities they might be doing. And that's not easy. It's not easy. We've all been through that.
1: That's, that's I, wonder, interesting. I wonder if Tom was going to drive a van. <laughs> by the way, people get down on minivans like it's a bad thing. I, I, I never had one, but I got a. I got. I'm not Max, gonna lie. Like
2: true story,
3: man. They look
1: pretty good to me. I don't know why people. I mean, that looks comfortable. That's the job yes. done. The whole thing. But
3: true geez, story. I, on, I, I tried to get my wife to get a minivan, yeah. and she looked at me sideways like a minivan. What? And I'm like, yes, a minivan has TVs. Yeah, that, man. You have doors that, that you don't have to slide open. They hey. open by themselves. Oh,
2: Harry, I got into an argument with my wife. Um, I want to say last year when we came back to L.A. from New York just for a visit and had to rent a car, and she wanted an SUV and nothing was left except a minivan. And I'm like, oh, it's cool. Let's just take the minivan. It's fine. The door's open. Yeah. Man, that thing went on for about 30 minutes. Didn't want that minivan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and there's some, I don't know what it is. Men and women we're like we look at the minivan and we think it's too domestic, right? Like it's too, it's too like there's not enough of an edge or something. I, but what Harry is saying is interesting to me, key, and it's real in the sense that I don't know how it worked in the old days, right? But nowadays, kids have plans. They have – everything's done. is like it's consistency and everything. And if you show up because you've been on the road or away or you're not part of that decision-making process as actively as your spouse or your partner because you're working or whatever it is, you get you, – you oh, I did the wrong thing. I, I didn't know. I wasn't supposed to – like there's a whole bunch of – you got to get used to the way things are done. And And by the way, active parenting also involves your input in that mm-hmm. and like – it is work. It's not like, you know, nowadays you throw your kids in front of the TV, people look at you sideways. Or you're not supposed to. In the old days it was okay. All right, the parent needs a break here, watch TV for a couple hours. Nowadays, there's a whole set of rules and a, and 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 a and a whole bunch of do's and don'ts and it's like it is Harry's not wrong kid. It's like learning a whole new job.
2: You no, know, it is. And, and and I think and I think Tom will enjoy it because it's something new. He okay. He's not a football lifer, even though he played 22 years. What I mean by football lifer, like you're not going to see Tom, in my opinion, want to do television because that's just not right now. That's not in his DNA. He's got other opportunities to do other things. I think that will fulfill him. That includes his kids, that he can now do things with the kids. They can now go on trips and places with him when he has work to do, opposed to seeing him one or two days because he can only see them when they're going to bed because he's getting in late, and then he kisses them in the morning because he's going to work before they go to school. It's going to be a totally different situation for him, and he knows many players that have retired that I'm sure he can bounce things off of, but it'll be fulfilling. He'll enjoy it. He'll certainly enjoy it. It'll be a few arguments here and there along the way i'm sure but it'll be fun (laughs) that's life
3: your your kids tip my kid my daughter tell me all the time hey daddy that's not the way mommy does it it's done this way and it's going to take some of them times that those are the eye-opening moments though that that let you sit back as a man and say okay i need to see how things are done uh and have been done since i've been away so i can get on their schedule versus you trying to tell them to get on your schedule
1: harry what is it what is it like i'm just curious like what is it like, and Key, you, you obviously are very aware of this too, as someone who, when you're in the NFL, you are traveling, you're working constantly. Key just brought it up. you got to kiss them before they wake up, you know, like sneak into the room, give them a little kiss on the forehead before they – because sometimes you won't say, I, I've experienced this just working in this business. You're not going to see them for a minute if you're on the road. Or And what's it like? The flip side of that is where you don't have to say goodbye anymore without seeing them like that, where now much more you're a part – I imagine that is Amazing.
3: <laughs> it, it's a beautiful thing and uh being able to take my daughter to school just about every morning now uh she's up there i can hear it right now up there raising fuss with her mom because i'm not taking her to school giving her mom a hard time uh, and i'm like jesus just 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 work with the harrison please just work with her but it's a fulfilling thing because when you're able to give them baths little things like that yeah. and then when i take my kids out of the bathtub i wrap them around a the towel and we do this little playful thing together where we rub noses and things like that, that, that that's the joy uh and why you, you did it all, for to be able to provide a life for them what they can, don't have to do without, really. So everything you do is for a legacy and for your kids and for people down the line. But when you're able to be home, oh, man, it's, 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 it's a beautiful thing.
2: Tom, Tom is, there's one thing that Tom is going to have to get used to now, and this is the one. Hey, how you doing, Tom? Uh, how was it to play in seven Super Bowls? Uh, as he's (laughs) dropping his kids off. Uh, Oh, uh, God. um, You know, I used to live in Boston, Tom. Um, uh, What's it like to have a supermodel
1: for a wife? Can Uh, you imagine, (laughs) Keith? Can you imagine Brady (laughs) even shows up at the school and everyone's trying to play it cool? Look, They're trying to figure out a way to start a conversation. Max,
2: I ain't Brady and don't
1: claim to be Brady. But I know <laughs> that
2: feeling. When he, Brady over there with his glasses and his hat. His kids are playing soccer. He off to the left <laughs> trying to mind his own business. And then all of a sudden, somebody slides up to him with a New England Patriot hat on. Oh, and starts that conversation. That's what he's going to have to get used to. Because in 22 years in the National Football League as a superstar, he hasn't seen that yet. Oh, I don't sm- give a damn what nobody's <laughs> saying, you got to get Key, your greatest I have, I have, hits ready.
3: More, <laughs> yeah, go, go ahead, Harry. I have one more. Like while I'm at my daughter's gymnastic practice, you overhearing all the moms and their conversations about the husbands that you may know. So you like, I gotta stick my earphones in just so I don't hear the riffraff of what's going on in them households over there.
1: Oh yeah, that, exactly. that's that's one of the ones but that Harry, really get you too. But Harry, what Key just said about it's Tom. Brady. It's Tom Brady. I mean, he's going to have to get, I'm sure he already has them, but he has to have them ready to play. The greatest hits of the yeah conversation. Yeah, oh, the Patriots were like, Belichick was like, that. oh yeah, the Super Bowl. And you got to have that you got to have that ready to go Every day Man, you time drop time. your but, kids off. Hey, oh, my God. But I bet you, you don't know the million-dollar one, though.
2: The huh. one that you can get a million dollars on right now, Max. You couldn't tell me which one it
1: is. Wh- which, Could you? which question? Yeah, which question? For a million bucks. Uh, that someone would have the nerve to ask him. It won't be a Giselle question. It will be a qu- – it's got to be a question about the Super Bowl. no. See? No what's bill really like yeah, well, yeah, I mentioned <laughs> that's the one he'll get that one a million times what's bill really like you know guys i even like have experienced this you know in my life just from being on tv and stuff and the worst when someone asks you a specific question right? Like, if they if they have detail and, and they talk about a certain play or something, I'm sure Brady's like, oh, actually, that's interesting. You know, this is what it was, you know, oh, look, this guy's paying attention. It's the general questions. Like, someone could come up to me and be like, So uh, what do you think about Floyd Mayweather? What do I think? You want to know everything I think about this general topic, right? So, So there's a technique you can use where you go into excruciating detail, like just launch into much more detail than they ever asked for. They'll start to back away like that Homer Simpson thing into the bushes. They're like, what's wrong with this dude? And start to you have to start coming up with strategies to deal with these questions. Tom, who's going to win the Super Bowl? (laughs) Coming up, will Jimmy G finally replace
4: Tom Brady?
2: the Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max Podcast.
1: Tom Brady not only never fell off a cliff, but his successor, his heir apparent, who Belichick obviously selected moving forward. I mean, Brady was, you know, the reporting was he went to Kraft and was like, could you get this dude shipped out of town, please? Kraft's like, all right, trade Garoppolo. But Garoppolo, at no point in his career ever, will be as good as Brady was in the last season of Brady's career, right? Like, so for people Man, like me. So me. So, but no, no, that he keeping it real. But, but hold on. Let's I mean, Brady was an MVP level player this year, right? He was a great player. And, and, and it's funny for people like me. And I think also Belichick who assumed that the day would come where Garoppolo would be more valuable than Brady, right? We were wrong. Brady proved his point, but that's not to say Garoppolo just because Brady's showing you the difference between him and a nice quarterback like Jimmy G Or, or or maybe like Mac Jones, Brady's like, yeah, just because you're nice and don't, you know, you you know how to run an offense, don't make you Tom Brady. He's right; that proved that point was proven loud. But Garoppolo's Garoppolo is a nice play. He took an offense, guys that couldn't buy a win without him. When everyone in the lineup, they lost almost every game. He went to, he made two deep playoff runs, once to a Super Bowl, once to a championship game. So now the question is. Well, let's, let's listen to Jimmy Jimmy G. Let's hear from him first. Then we'll ask the question. Here's Jimmy G. We, we've talked a little bit. I think more will happen uh, in the days to come. But, yeah, the, these guys have been very upfront about the whole thing. I was talking to John yesterday just about, uh, you know, finding the right destination and uh, whatever, you know, the future holds, just doing it the right way. And got a long career ahead of me. So I'm trying to – I'm excited about it. I'm excited about the opportunities to come. I just want to go to a place where, uh, you know, where, the, where they want to win. I mean that's really what I'm in this game for. I, I'm here to play football, I'm here to win football games. And as long as I got that and uh, good people around me, I think the rest will take care of itself. So, Key, you thought I was going at Jimmy G by saying he'll never be as good as Brady was in his last season, which is MVP level. But he didn't have a really a chance to run that Patriots team. Let me see what I could do with what Tom Brady had, right? He won two games, 2-0, and and Brady was hurt. But then he got shipped out of town. This would be interesting. The Bucks now need a quarterback. Jimmy G, it appears, will be available. What would he do? We saw Tom Brady won a Super Bowl, followed it up with a hell of a title defense. They fell a little short, but he brought them all the way back down 27-3 against the team that's going to the Super Bowl, and they won a playoff game before that. What, how, what kind of a fit would Jimmy G be with the Bucks? I think he'd
2: be a good fit, but if you're the 49ers, I guess it doesn't really matter. You're trying to trade and get the value, whatever it is, for a guy that's on an expiring contract in a year. Um, I think it would be interesting to see. Uh, it would be interesting to see.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's like what would they do uh, with Jimmy G? Key? They're going to lose some guys. They have cap problems. But let's say they keep the bulk of what they have there. They draft I think nicely. They, they're whatever. Play, they're,
2: they're a playoff team. They're There's playoff no question. That, there is no question that they are, are, are a playoff team. But when you win a Super Bowl, your standards are a little bit different. Then Jimmy Garoppolo, when you lose Tom Brady, mm-hmm. and you mentioned they're going to be losing some people, Harry. They're going to missing some pieces there, free agency contracts, whatever the case is. I think it would be, uh, it would be one of the better quarterbacks on the marketplace mm-hmm. that they could take a look at. Jimmy G may be better suit suited for me and my money, Pittsburgh
1: Steelers. I agree. I agree, but but Harry, the, the interesting thing about Jimmy G for Tampa is you yeah. look like Aaron Rodgers, if he's available, that's an arm and a leg, and then some. Russell Wilson... He, A-Rod's n- not going there. But Right, I'm just saying, like, just any team that's looking for a quarterback, right? Russell Wilson, maybe on the downside, like, we don't know. He's a smaller guy, and and, and this year was not his best year, and they're going to want an arm and a leg for him. He's a great player. Jimmy G is kind of like, hey, I could keep this ship steady. It ain't going to cost you too, too much. What do you think about his fit on the Bucks?
3: Well, the, the only thing about that is that I, I don't think they'll be able to keep the, the bulk of their team, especially the core um, that won a Super Bowl. You look at uh, Chris Godwin, he's a free agent. Jensen, Leonard Furnette, Ronald Jones, uh, Gronk, all those guys are free agents offensively. Then you look on the defensive side, you got Nadamakan Sue, you got JPP, you got Ghoston, you got Carlton Davis. Richard Scher, all those guys are free agents, so I don't know how you're going to be able to pay all those guys and be able to keep the bulk of your team. Yes, they still have Vita Vea, um, you still have those linebackers there. You have uh, Winfield Jr. who's going to be in the back end, but I don't think I don't think it'll be able to work because it's not like their cap their cap space is going to be uh, flawless as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, maybe make more sense for a rebuild. I'm just thinking if they draft well and they keep key players, you slide a dude like Jimmy G in, and while you're trying to figure it out, you're competitive. You know, as Keith said, you might make the playoffs. Coming up, fallout for the Giants in the wake of Brian Flores, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.